Hello everyone, welcome to From Nowhere to Nothing, Ontological Oxymorons. I'm your host, Joel Bouchard, a graduate student in education, and with me is Mr. Norman Gayford, a professor of English and philosophy. What if I told you I knew a way to make you happier, able to sleep better, more satisfied with life, less stressed, and even in greater control of your environment? If it sounds like a cheat code for life, research says it kind of is. It explains more well-being than the top 30 studied personality traits and increases physical health along with a host of other positive attributes. The best part is, you can use this upgrade for your life with no microtransactions or in-app purchases. All you have to do is be grateful. So, again, our running joke is that we don't want to reveal our time frame, but... Um, it's shortly after Thanksgiving, so <laughs> <laughs> we're in the time frame, and especially, you know, um, the year we're in has been very tough, um, and now the season that you're in is, is based around gratitude and, and thankfulness and some of these things. And so, you know, it's not hard to imagine that there might be people that are kind of struggling right now about, okay, well, I'm supposed to be feeling grateful or thankful but really i've had this extremely hard time yeah. um that sort of thing so you know the topic is going to be kind of interesting and in, in the way we, we approach it um and i bet there's even some people wondering out there you know even if it was a good year how are you going to fill up an hour podcast talking about gratefulness right <laughs> and is gratefulness even a topic of of philosophical thought you know mm-hmm. and um well we're here to to kind of prove that anything is a topic of philosophical thought. thought. So <laughs> it's more a, a way you approach a topic than what the topic itself is. Yeah. Um, so let's jump right into it. What What is gratitude? From a philosophical view, <clears throat> gratitude is debated. There's gratitude theory. There has been uh, an increasing amount of uh, academic, um, authentic work and thinking going on in this, especially uh, in the 21st century. As you mentioned, because of some of the physical benefits that it seems to have, or psychological benefits. But what it seems to be, from that philosophical viewpoint, is um, considering the relationship between two entities. uh, give them whatever letter you want to, to give them. Um, gratefulness is feeling a, a necessity of or some kind of obligation toward another entity because of the beneficent act or uh, benevolent uh, approach actively that that other entity has taken toward you. And there's a lot of debate about that. We'll get into that, but essentially, it's 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 an active rather than passive. Um, oh, we talked about emotions, right? Gratefulness is gratefulness an emotion. There's a nice side question, right? Uh, right. Uh, it's an active state rather than a passive one. Yeah, and so you know, right off the bat, I, like I said in the intro, I can imagine people thinking. Oh, gratitude and philosophy. Well, what is this? But it's autumn. It's right away. It's super interesting because, um, gratitude is a big topic of thought in philosophy, but it was not really considered in psychology or mainstream science until the 21st century. We're looking at less than 20 years of real research into it. So that's kind of a, a strange, um, that's not normal for any course of study. Normally, if, if something became um, a, a big topic of thought and philosophy, the next the next step in human study is for science to sort of, you know, take the baton and start empirically looking at it. Yes. And that didn't happen with gratitude until very recently. Interesting, isn't it? it really, yeah. yeah. And you know what? The, the biggest giveaway for that is here in the studio is that normally when we're talking about philosophy topics, you bring in a, a hard copy book 
but today you have an iPad. I did. So you know that the you know that the research must I be do. fairly recent. <laughs> you are absolutely right, my friend. You'd be hard pressed uh, to find a, uh, a physical paper book that has any sort of um, research into gratitude in it. Right. Although, although this is, I was tempted to bring Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. As meditations. Because yeah. The the beginning of meditations has a strong focus. He actually goes through almost like a chronicle, a geological or. A, uh, you know, a chronicle of his family talking about who yes. he's indebted to for what reasons. I remember introducing um, uh, students to Marcus Aurelius in philosophy classes uh, over the years. And and at first, people, I can't even say his name, right? Mm. Yes, you can. And let's, <laughs> let's just work through it. And, it and, but here's somebody who, he's going to do something I think will surprise you, and I have them read that. And going down through that laundry list, essentially, of to everyone he feels felt grateful that that's a pretty good guide uh example to the definition yeah and that's we should really um i've, I've wanted to do it for a while and we should um do a little series on different philosophical schools of thought um because stoicism is one of the most misunderstood ones and yeah, especially yeah. when you think of stoicism people think um, a suppression or lack of all emotions yeah. and you don't get two pages into Marcus Aurelius meditations before you realize, no, that can't be true. You know, you know, it's more about, there's a control aspect, but there's not a denial. It's really. an attitudinal control, but it is not a, you know, Oh, I got to sleep on a rock in order without blankets in order to prove that I'm stoic. Or something. Mm -hmm. no. Right. So yeah, back to gratitude. Um, you asked a really interesting question, which is, you know, is gratitude an emotion? <laughs> and, um, that's another real fascinating part of it is that depending on how you're looking at it, gratitude can be an emotion, you know, a, something that you're feeling in a moment. It can be a mood, you know, a, a, an actual state of, you know, emotional being. And it can even be a personality trait. Some people are actually more inclined towards grateful behavior than other people. So really there's this, it plays a huge part of the entire human experience. It does. And there's, there's an agency in, involved, meaning, again, the philosophical idea of agency, meanings one, meaning one has the ability to act. You're an agent if you can take action of some kind, whether it's mental or physical. And, and so gratitude implies an agency. I choose to be grateful. Mm. You know, happiness is a state. And this is often the definitional uh, that I've noticed uh, uh, dictionaries, standard dictionaries sometimes will just say, uh, uh, equate happiness and gratefulness. And it's no. Uh, you, you can feel happiness, you can feel gratefulness. But happiness, you sort of find yourself in the state, and gratefulness, you sort of make that decision, mm. however consciously. But I will. Be grateful for this. Right. So, yeah, let's look into that a little bit. Um, so, you talked about gratefulness and happiness a bit. I think there's two other ones that we should look at to sort of delineate what gratefulness is. Okay. Um, what separates gratefulness from thankfulness? That's really interesting because it's a semantic uh, issue that, that philosophers have undertaken a lot. Thankfulness often can be read as not an integral relationship. <clears throat> All right, what do I mean by that? You can be thankful that you didn't get on a plane that uh, then experienced difficulty, had to land at some other airport, and messed up everybody's trip. But it would be you'd be hard pressed uh, to say that that was a gift that someone had given you. That was more of a turn of good luck or random <laughs> statistical possibility, I suppose. So, so thankfulness. Uh, sometimes is certainly toward someone else for something a person has done. And that's when it does link with gratitude. Uh, but, but when it's, oh, I'm just, I'm thankful that, that something happened and it's rather vague and nebulous and it 
really doesn't imply a relationship or an active uh, presence. Okay. So, so gratefulness requires a benefactor of sorts, whereas thankfulness can overlap with that, but you can also be thankful for some cause or action that doesn't have a um, person on the other end yeah. causing that. And I think I think gratitude probably is read with with more gravitas, with with, with more with, with deeper emotional resonance than yeah. So if somebody if somebody holds the door open for me, I'm probably more likely to be thankful than grateful. Whereas if somebody pushes me out of the way of an oncoming car. Yes. I'm probably going to be more yeah, grateful exactly. than, you yeah. know, thankful. Yeah. Thankfulness seems to have sort of an air of, um, uh, seems less serious, you know, I'm going to give you an example. This is a story example, but I, you know, stories are the best teachers. I think, uh, years ago I had a young friend, he's 20 years, my senior, which means now he'd be entering early middle age. <laughs> And he was uh, the husband of a colleague uh, who was my age, uh, and he was from Qatar, and he came to this country with with her. She took a job uh, at the college that I worked at. Uh, we kept; uh, they lived in our home for seven weeks while they were finding places uh, to live. And I remember very distinctly of uh, many, many things about. But one day, uh, he. And he was Muslim, and and he whacked his head against the tall mantle on one of our fireplaces, and he said, "Thank you." And I said, "Saleh, why, why did what are you thanking?" And he said, "Allah was reminding me to be attentive." Well, he said, "Thank you," but that "thank you" contained a a, a chain of gratefulness. In, in a spiritual sense, for being taught actively by God. Hmm. That's sort of an interesting semantic or lingual thing, right? Mm -hmm. And language is weird because, so we just talked about, you know, how gratefulness has to have a benefactor, but thankfulness can be more nebulous. But if you look at the English language, there's a word, thank you, but there's really not a phrase for gratefulness that directly addresses a exactly. benefactor. Exactly. Yeah. That's sort of a strange, I wonder why, why that developed that way. I, I, it is interesting. I can't, I, I certainly can't answer that. We could speculate wildly, but I, but I think the linchpin is the activeness to say, thank you, not out of rote, been trained to since you were little, but because you actually mean it. And, and I think that that's the, the oral, the orality of it, the linguistic reality of it, so that, you know, we, we've, I think we've mentioned this before because it happens to everyone. You walk by somebody and say, how are you doing? You don't expect an answer. You don't really want an answer. You just said it because somehow it's social grease. But if you really say to someone, how are you doing? And you stop and you give them eye contact, now you're actively engaged. And I think there's the difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. thank, the word thankful, thank you, the phrase can be a linchpin between the passive and the active. Right. Okay. So, um, the, other, the other emotion I think that we should try to separate from gratitude would be um, indebtedness. Mm -hmm. So, in, in the definition you gave at the beginning of the show, you said, okay, well, gratitude is generally... If you have two entities, one has, you know, feels a res uh, an obligation to the other one for something that's been done, roughly, is, is, was, the, was a paraphrase. But so it's pretty easy to, if you put it in just kind of um, generic terms like that, to see, well, I could interpret that in a negative way, you know, that, that exact scenario. So what separates the kind of the more negative scenario from the more positive scenario? Well, there's a, there is debate about that. If one reads about, again, we'll point to a source that is wonderful for everybody to look at. It's accessible to everyone. It's free. It's uh, the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. 
You just put in Stanford, S-T-A-N-F-O-R-D, encyclopedia, um, and, and philosophy, and you'll get there. And, and there's a really lovely section on great gratitude there. But the, even that section, uh, let alone the other sources, will, will indicate that there's a debate uh, of, of a variety of kinds. Uh, the Kantians, so-called, I think, would, would say that just because someone does, does not undertake a negative act against you doesn't require gratitude in the same way that uh, someone who uh, let's let's take an example. Let's I, don't, we, I think we need to work with examples. If uh, if someone stops along the road and and helps you change a tire, I think you feel gratitude for that, especially if you're unable to do it yourself. Uh, you don't have to feel gratitude. There's no there's no enforcement. There's nothing, but but I think it's there. But but. If someone drives by and let's say you, you just do a superficial glance and you say, oh, well, that, that truck looked a little iffy. I'm glad they didn't stop. That leads you to make negative judgments. I'm, well, I'm glad they didn't stop is not gratefulness to anything. Um, uh, uh, some some uh, philosophical positions would be that uh, gratitude involves a supererogatory uh, event. In other words, going above and beyond. Uh, but obligation doesn't mean now I owe you. It's not like one of those uh, marvelous warrior movies where I saved you and therefore <laughs> you have to serve me the rest of your days or something like that. It just implies because we are obligation based species. Mm. Uh, gifting is about, and we, I think we've talked about that. In the, certainly, if somebody gives you a gift, the first thing you think of is, oh, <laughs> now I've got to give you something, right? And, right. And well, well, a gift is just a gift. And yet we we find obligations. So I, I don't think the obligation should be overemphasized. Right, and um, we're we're going to get into this a bit more in the speculative section, um, and I think that that's where um, some of our conversation gets real interesting. So um, we'll we'll put that aside for now, and we'll we'll pick it up on the back end. Let's look at let's look at some of the formative aspects of it. So. Do you think gratefulness is evolutionarily advantageous? <laughs> yes. Yes. Going right back to your introduction, if it has physical, psychological benefit, it is evolutionarily advantageous. If it, if it gives one more health or of a reassessment of a situation, an ability to stand down, lower one's blood pressure, um, rethink, then yes, that's an advantage. So, yeah, and, and this is the one that I was sort of thinking of and, and before the show was because, okay, you look at the positives and you have better well-being, better sleep, um, more altruistic behavior. Um, and those things all sound great to modern humans, <laughs> but if you think about early humans, um, really you could look at that, you could see some of those in negative lights and say, okay, well, you're actually, um, less alert. You have a lower, um, stress response. Um, there's less of a, you're, you know, with altruism, your self protective mechanisms are out. Mm-hmm. So those sound negative as well. And I think that where the answer lies in is who um, gratefulness is evolutionarily advantageous for. And so I think that mm. while it, yeah, there are benefits to the, for the individual, I think, there's, I think for the individual, it's kind of a give and take, whereas for society, it tends to be advantageous for the group. Yeah, for the collective. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I almost wonder if, if it, if it developed as a, I mean, you, it had to develop as a group behavior because as we talked about, you can't be grateful without a benefactor, without a relationship. Hmm. Um, but you can't, and, and see, then this is where I think it's where some of the, some of the philosophical discussion goes is, uh, knocking back and forth the idea of, can you, can you be grateful to something inanimate? Hmm. 
Well, pantheistic structures, religion certainly are. If 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 you're grateful to a body of water because it seems to stay for you, and let's so let's look at a a culture that has set itself up by an extensive body of water. They protect that body of water. They let's say they even have some kind of spiritual worship of or appreciation of that body of water. Why is that? Because the water is giving them life. And so it, it makes sense that, that a people would be grateful to that water for its existence. Now, that's not of, of an active beneficence of a humankind, but it's, I think it's still understandable. Okay. So, so this brings up a, a, a big question here, which is, is understanding a benefactor's motivation necessary for gratitude? <laughs> Interesting question, Joel. Do you, do you think are you thinking short term or long term, or does it matter? I'm I'm not sure if it matters. <clears throat> I like so we can think of. I'll give you two examples. Right. Let's say, um, on the human front, um. You know, I, I can't afford to, I've had a, a, you know, a difficult time. I can't afford to pay a bill. Okay. Somebody steps in and gives me money for the bill. Mm-hmm. In one scenario, this person um, says, hey, listen, here's, you know, here's the money, you know, you know, you're, I don't want to hear anything more about it. There you go. In another scenario, maybe somebody doesn't, um, doesn't say that you have to pay them back, but they say, remember this, you know, or, hey, in the future, you'll owe me one, something yeah. <laughs> nebulous like this, right? Yeah. So there you have a, a difference in benefactor motivation, right? Yeah. Um, do you think that the attitude of gratefulness, um, can you be, how does gratefulness um, interact in those two scenarios? All right. So you're talking, which we're back to talking about obligation of one kind or another. Uh, we're talking about how one feels if one's fat has been pulled from the fire, so to speak, <laughs> in that case. And, and, and your question is... So can you, um, can you be grateful to both those people and is the gratitude the same thing in both scenarios? <sighs> Initially, <clears throat> I think you can be grateful for the kicking of the can, so to speak, down down the road a bit. Uh, that doesn't remove the, the can, of course, but there's nothing that says that, that a, a beneficent act has to do that. I think that if there are all kinds of stipulations of pressures to uh, make good, uh, then that over that that tips the balances into the, um, um, the capitalistically um, transactional obligatory relationship, rather than the relationship of kindness or doing an act for its own for the for the act itself. Right. So we're talking about we're really talking about indebtedness again. And so yeah. is there, is there an overlap between the two concepts? I, I think, I think you've very adequately demonstrated that there is in, in those uh, examples. Uh, what, yes. If, if, if someone, if someone has in any other ways than just given you a gift and said, here, I hope this helps. Then uh, there may be an obligation implied, and I don't think you can you just abandon gratefulness if there's an obligation because that that because depending on how that gift has been offered or given, um, and yes, you think about the motivations of the person because we we are taught to think about motivations all the time. What am I getting myself into? Would be a standard response. Um, 
But you probably aren't going to ask that if, in the immediate sense, the the Beneficent Act has removed imminent, um, perhaps, peril or pressure. Okay. All right, so that's looking at one... We've isolated one sort of variable there. Um, yeah. So some it, the the bene the benefactor doesn't have to be um, operating from completely altruistic motivations. There can be ulterior motives to the benefactor's um, actions, and you can still be grateful. And you can still be grateful. I mean, <laughs> go to any any sacred text, and you'll find some variant of the if somebody's slaps you one way, turn your cheeks and be slapped the other. Uh, which doesn't mean abuse. It's not a person saying, go ahead and abuse me. It's um, I'm, I'm grateful for the moment of realizing my humanity. I, I can be more human. But then you get into a competitive thing. See, it's, it's, very, it's a very strange little walk along. If you think about it too much, I think it gets more and more complicated. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which is what we do. That's what we're in the business that's, of doing. That's what we do. Um, so yeah, we'll take it a step further because the scenario we just talked about was um, somebody doing something good for you and somebody doing something good for you um, with the expectation of um, kind of recompensation in some way or another. But what about in a scenario where um, somebody may be trying to actively harm you, um, but by pure circumstance causes something good to happen? Let's say you've made somebody really mad, um, and as a result, they drive their car through your house, right? <laughs> yeah. But the insurance company gives you twice as much money as you need to fix your house. So you ended up making good off of it. Can you be grateful to the person that smashed their car through? No, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think, but that goes back to my Kantian nature too. It's it, an act cannot be uh, utilitarian if it is undertaken with, with negative, uh, with negative intent. And, and, and I don't think that one, one might feel uh, glad. One might feel a, a sort of momentary relief that something good turned out of it, or something seemingly good turned out of it. But that's not the same as, as gratefulness. I, I think that I, I won't say true because that's, that's uh, that would be an astonishingly arrogant thing. I think that for me, the idea of gratefulness is that. There is, in some way, a, 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 a give and take in a relationship that is established wherein no one is expecting anything, and both parties are actively involved in uh, being concerned about each other. I think there's a, now by party by both parties a, a, a person and an organization a person and another person uh, a person and a spiritual view perhaps uh, but I don't think that the immediate uh, oblig obligation kind of thing should be dominant or or it really works well if that's the dominant first thought right okay so I've set the trap. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I walked right into it. This is how I play chess, too. Oh, that was an interesting move. Go ahead and kill my queen. <laughs> so here's all right. So all of these questions have sort of laid the groundwork for something a bit deeper, which is coming back to um, our thought earlier. We talked about how um, we can be grateful, maybe to if you're pantheistic to you know some sort of natural element or um, looking at, at a, a religious thing, let's say um, uh, Buddhist, for, for instance. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Now, if you, in the, correct me if I'm wrong, Buddhist philosophy, um, life is generally seen as being a pain, right? Or a painful process. Yeah, right? They're suffering. Yeah. Right. So would you say that there's, that you can be grateful under that paradigm. Under a paradigm of suffering. Right. 
based off of what we've what we've just talked about. I'm going to be maddening and say, of course. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now you're going to want an example. <laughs> am I right? Yes. Am, yes. I, am I going further into the trap? So let's be very Socratic. We always are, really. So, all right. We're in 2020. Let's just not even play our joke anymore, right? And, and, and all the jokes that have been made about 2020, even as we, we close in on the last month of it. Uh, has been a year, as you said it to be uh, in, in earlier, has, uh, of incredible suffering and loss of so many kinds for so many people around the planet. And yet, uh, I think gratefulness is involved in not, not trying trying so desperately to find something the silver lining thing i don't think it's that i think it's it's that if you have a moment when you say thank you and unlike my friend salve you don't even know who you're saying it to Maybe you just had a quiet moment. You saw a heron flying. You, you, you realized that uh, someone you care about is still there with you, or you realized that that uh, a relationship. You still realize things about someone that you've lost. But a thank you. It doesn't have to be a thank. You. It doesn't have to be a theological thing. It doesn't have to be a deistic thing. It doesn't have to be any kind of religious thing to say thank you means you are feeling grateful and you don't even have to know to whom or for what or why really there's because that's a purity of of acknowledging something that feels beneficent but you don't have to have proof that there's even a beneficence there Hmm. Ha, yeah. Got out of the trap. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what's, I think what's happening now is we're lo we've looked at the epistemological issues, mm -hmm. um, the relationships between a benefactor and you know a recipient, yeah. and all these different things, and now I think we're we're almost getting into a metaphysical kind of. Mm -hmm. um part of the discussion where you know we've we've talked about okay well something can't be there can't be like an ill will in order for there to be um you know in order for to be grateful well that's and, what i'd argue i, I, right, would right. I don't know and yeah. it raises it just raises questions because you know a lot of people um there, there's phrases that float around that the, the universe is out to kill you, right? Yeah, you're right. Um, so, and again, these are these are giving an anthropomorphized quality to something that, as far as we know, um, doesn't possess it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the nature of the universe itself is very antagonistic to human life, mm -hmm. um, and the natural world in general. Like, be, staying alive, survival is an extremely um, difficult task. But at some point, I think every, everybody probably has experienced that, right? Mm -hmm. Where all of a sudden you just, you have that moment and you, you're grateful, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that probably crosses space and time to some extent in culture where, um, even if you're from a very poor or very dangerous part of the world sometimes just escaping a predator you know is enough to say oh thank you yes you know, yeah to who or for what so now we're i guess the question there is what where is the relationship we talked about the beginning that gratefulness has this relationship where is the relationship do you think uh, i okay it's, you're right we've gone from the epistemological to the metaphysical the relationship, I think, is in um, recognizing 
or feeling as if one is recognizing, because you might not be sure, but there's, it's the state of being. It's the recognizing that something has happened that has made you feel not just relief. If you're grateful, you're acknowledging in some way, uh, a, if not a systematic or systemic thing, you're acknowledging that something happened. <laughs> something tipped. Small or large. You know, you can be in a bad mood and have and, and almost inexplicably uh, you smell a scent, you hear something, you say that's a very sensual thing in, in some cases, and and you say, Whoa. Thank you. <laughs> right. But I don't think that requires acknowledging or seeking out. I don't think it's a, there's not a, oh, I've got to go find what the benefactor was. Why? So you can get more? That doesn't, that right. doesn't imply, if, that that itself belies the nature of of, of, of gratitude and, and sends you right back into this indebtedness, obligatory kind of thing, which I think works against it yeah i'm thinking about you know um from an anecdotal point of view i'm thinking about the experiences i've had and i think that if i were searching um not for a benefactor but for why i'm feeling grateful in some of those moments i could probably link it back to time as a scarce resource mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, and you know, I think that's, again, that's something that seems like it would cross time, space and culture, right? If you escape a predator or if you have some kind of lucky windfall, or if you're just sitting there and you realize, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm healthier. I can, I have the smell of this sight of the thing. What your, I think what that, the root thought that it's coming from is, Hey, I'm alive. You know, I'm I'm alive. I'm I'm grateful that I'm still here, and more. And, and I think that I think packed into what you just described so well, there, there's there's something else. And this is all I can speak is uh, in in how I think of gratefulness. I can talk about the academic side as we have been, but if someone, if you like, take time. If you want to take time as a, a resource, a commodity, a, a, a thing. Oh, and 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 someone is receiving your time because you've just decided that you want to give it, and and you know that in the giving of it, or you find that in the giving of it, maybe the giving comes back because of the time that has been giving back. You know, um, <clears throat> not to put too fine a point on it, but as I've said before, this podcast that we do has i'm ever grateful for this experience i still get to in some informal ways perhaps keep keep teaching i i i get to know you more as as my former student i i get to interact with uh, you and your wife and have a friendship that way uh, it's it's there's so many things just in this act this in this process that i'm grateful for and it's not and i don't but i don't have this thing going in my head and well how much electricity is, is joel and and maybe he he would want me to pay for some of his electricity bill because of what he's expending on the computer and should we and ought we and all of I think those things naturally arise, and if 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 they are meant, to, uh, if if they are intended to arise by some, someone in the in the relationship, but I think the grat the gratitude is in the. Um, this is where it connects with when we've talked about creativity. The gratitude is in the totally engaged moment. It doesn't necessarily mean you create anything. But it's, but it is, in a sense, I think it is a creative thing because you are creating or recognizing that you are in a process with something else, someone else, of creating a joy, an awareness of life, uh, whatever it happens to be. Hmm. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, man, that's <laughs> we've really gotten pretty, pretty, um, pretty deep into it at this point. How do you think? Do you think that we'd have those same moments of gratitude if we were immortal? If time, hmm. time and death cease to be an issue, do you think that those quiet kind of moments of, hey, man, this is I'm just I'm just thankful I'm here. Do you think that those would still exist? That's a really interesting question. Any of us who, who read science fiction, fantasy, uh, engage in spiritual practice or watch movies, uh, we, we, get, we get this all the time, right? We, we, we bump into this theme all the time because we're fascinated with immortality mm-hmm. as a species. So I, 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 I don't know. Um, I'm going to mention this is not a product support, okay? But uh, there's a TV show called Lucifer that I really enjoy. And they go places that I think are really interesting and thought-provoking. So in, in one part of the show that you encounter uh, Cain, the first murderer, right? Who is immortal. He has the mark on him. He's still alive. He's, but he doesn't want to be alive anymore. Because he says he's done everything, he's seen everything, he's learned every language, he's read every book, uh, and so on. And so I think that that fictional uh, approach would say that yeah, it's, it's tedious after a while. So yeah, I think without with endless time and endless resources, then there might not be that. And so, all right. And now we're going to we're gonna bend all the way back around to look at the back of our own heads a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being the case, you talked about it, it, with your character, right? So it's Cain. Yeah. And for the, for anybody who's not familiar with the story, Cain is the son of the first people, Adam and Eve, and he killed his brother Abel. And after he killed his brother Abel, God put the mark on Cain so that nobody could kill him, mm-hmm. right? So, right there, in that, one of the first stories told in the Christian religion, right, you could automatically see people having two views of that. You could see somebody saying, um, wow, he's really lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, can you imagine that? Like, you killed your brother, um, whatever people are on earth, your mom, your dad, your other brothers and sisters, whoever would probably really like to kill you. And, and God essentially saved you from that. So if that were me, I would be grateful. Right. Or you could look at it and say, okay, he's done this terrible thing. He's been outcast, ostracized. The world's a very small place at that time. This guy has nothing to live for. And essentially God has just ensured that he's not getting out of it. Now he has to live with what he's done for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And that's almost it. Then you're looking at it as a punishment. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the question, is gratitude purely subjective? Or could we have objective measures of gratitude? Is, can, could we actually put... Um, create scenarios or suggest situations under which we could say gratitude would be present in this situation. Yeah. Well, I, I Socratically, yes, I think of course you could, because you're going to keep, keep testing the idea of gratitude. Um, but what, <clears throat> so what you're saying is, can we be grateful for a punishment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that's I not guess what you're it, saying, but that's, yeah, I, basically, is it is it purely subjective? I mean, we we know that it it is subjective to some extent. People sure. are different. People will be grateful under different circumstances. Yes, but is it purely subjective? Is I don't think it is, but it requires drilling into the the thought process to really examine why one is perhaps feeling that way. So instead of just uh, experiencing it at the moment, if you really, if you, you can certainly examine it, excuse me. So 
the subjective part would be to say, well, uh, my gratitude is not your gratitude, is not somebody else's gratitude, which is painfully relativistic. <laughs> because gratitude, if we take it as a state of being, uh, it's and, and it's physiologically measurable in some way, then it is a commonality. If we if it weren't a common experience, we couldn't even really talk about it. Uh, so I, I think that there's a subjectivity perhaps into how much one feels grateful or for how long of those, the, the duration perhaps. Uh, but I, I don't think it's entirely subjective uh, because if it is feeling the, the moment of beneficence, uh, well, you can find that the kids, sometimes adult children will say, well, I'm, you know, I, I never liked it, but I'm really glad my dad or mom made me do this or that. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's kind of a, a, a delayed gratitude looking back at the reconceived story of one's life, not, uh, not trying to be in the head of the person of the kid, but being in the head of the adult. And we always remake our narratives anyway, so who knows what was really going on. But but that's a delayed gratification. Right. Um, but I still think it's measurably, or uh, uh, the characteristics of it would be universal. Okay. So gratitude is part of being human. Yeah. Same. So what what if we look at psychopathology? Like, uh, <laughs> if we had somebody somebody who was um, narcissistic or a psychopath to such an extent, do you think that even those people at some point feel gratitude, or do you think that do you think there's a scenario under which there could be somebody who doesn't feel any gratitude at all? I think it's possible not to feel gratitude at all uh, because I think you can you know, numb yourself. I think to be grateful, I'm going to start sounding like Mr. Miyagi or Yoda or something. <laughs> to be grateful, you need to be aware of what you're doing and of how your acts might be beneficent to others. And it suggests a relationship. I think narcissists, no, I'm not clinical anything, but just anecdotally, uh, in our own experience, I think the narcissists are unlikely to understand what gratefulness is so, I, because i'm grateful i'm grateful people pay attention to me today i but they aren't paying enough attention so i need more attention well that's not grateful so gratefulness kind of um necessitates understanding the chain of causality to an event because if something really good happens um and i'm if something really good happens and I have a psychopathology, I can say I caused that to come about mm -hmm. and that robs the gratefulness of it, mm -hmm. despite the fact that maybe somebody gave me something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. We were watching the um, the Flintstones Christmas special last night. <laughs> I didn't know such a thing existed. It does. And um, <laughs> there were several points during the episode where um, Fred was, you know, Fred's taken over for Santa, right? A spoiler alert for a 43-year-old movie. <laughs> Um, Fred's taken over for Santa Claus, so he's trying to get presents to the kids of the world. He doesn't know what he's doing. And so he's trying to figure things out, and um, he never can. And so as he's trying to figure something out, Barney Rubble will give him the answer, and Fred says, Yeah, you see, I told you I knew it. You know. <laughs> so he's trying to think of the reindeer's name. On, Dasher, on, uh, Prancer, Prancer, see, I told you I knew it. You know? It's sort of similar if you have a psychopathology, right? You know, um, you could imagine somebody where no matter what good things are happening, they're taking um, res they're taking responsibility for the good things, and they're yeah. putting blame on people for things that may be their own fault. Yes, and a um, narcissist can never get enough, right? So, so in that way, um, maybe gratitude is a a purely subjective thing. Maybe it, it's completely dependent on your perspective or your um, your view of what's happening. Maybe, uh, but I still think that if you're if you 
are in a needing to be in a position of recognizing beneficence other than your own. I'm grateful to me because I give so much to everyone. Can you imagine somebody saying that? Right. I'm grateful to my foresight to be able to have done this for so many people because I'm so great. Nope. <laughs> I, well, I, I don't, yeah, and, uh, and technically, there still might be a conception of gratitude because a narcissist may feel that they're owed gratitude. So they may do something and say, you should be grateful to me, even if they can't experience, they can only experience gratitude from the benefactor standpoint and not from the recipient standpoint. And, and thus, I, okay, yes, I will give you that, but I don't think that that's a meaningful gratefulness. <laughs> there, how's that? I'm going to play with words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not the right kind of gratefulness. Now I'm, <laughs> now I'm being moralistic. Uh, I don't, yeah, the benefactors. If you give something because you wanted to give it, there's a there's a, a, a an old friend of mine who who oh, it happens to be a pastor, but it doesn't have to be a pastor saying this, so it's not linked to that. But I remember once when when she said, uh, "When you give a gift, you don't get to tell somebody how to use it. It's out of your hands. It's given and done. If it was truly a gift." You know that then it should be let go, and I, a narcissist can't let go of anything mm. if it doesn't somehow bring them greatness. Um, and so they can say, "You should be grateful to me." That's moralistic. But why should I be grateful to you? Well, because I did this thing for you. Well, I, you didn't really do anything for me. You're just saying that you did. That's nowhere near. That's that's way off the chart. <laughs> yeah. So again, even this late in the episode, we're still trying to define it a little bit because we talked early in the episode about how benefactor motivations don't play into gratitude you can be grateful to somebody even if they have ulterior motives for providing you with a benefit but also from the benefactor's standpoint um you can't uh, you can't ask somebody to be grateful to you if you're trying to dictate the circumstances of what you're doing. Would you say that that's true? Yeah, if you're asking somebody to be grateful to you, you've pretty much demolished any hope of having had a beneficent experience. Do you think you can ask somebody to be thankful for what you've done? Do you think that you can delineate it there? I think you can teach a child to say thank you when food is handed to them or when they receive something as a matter of politeness. But now we're at the social grease level. Again, I think it has to be intentional. And, and I don't think that if you do something and you say, I'm doing this so you'll be thankful to me that you've engaged in any kind of gratitudinal relationship. Now, you haven't engaged in a beneficent relationship as far as I'm concerned. Right. Uh, that's yeah, just me. I, no. And the definition of beneficent is kind of sort of a linchpin of the whole the whole conversation, you know, what, what constitutes being beneficent? Okay. That's why I brought my cell phone. <laughs> 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 I think, well, I always go to the dictionary, the hard copy dictionary, online dictionaries. I read dictionaries a lot. Um, and most of the time I get really mad at the first definition. <laughs> yes, you have to. I, I think one, one, well, this is why I have said to my students, go to one look if you're going online because you get 25 or 30 uh, definitions. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, usually the first one is perhaps the simplest one. And the simplest one is not always the best one. Uh, Occam's razor doesn't always apply. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so I'm just quickly bringing this up and let's, let's do a quick all right, uh, beneficence, uh, an, an act of philanthropy, a magnanimous act. Uh, well, what does magnanimous mean? Uh, yeah, because that this does have um, this has pretty big implications for the conversation. Because higher education, for for instance, right? Philanthropy. Yes. Um, a donor can donate millions of dollars. But they'll donate it with the stipulation that you build a library with my name on it. 
So is that beneficent? Can the university be grateful? Well, I mean, the university yeah, is, it, it undertakes to be grateful because they they benefited from it. So there's a there's a thank you, and there's a, sometimes a plaque, and there's a a little clappy speech, and a, we're so happy. I, and I think I think there's there's your survival. The institution has been given a, a chance to survive a little longer, or perhaps to beat the competition, or so I've, I'm sure I, an institution. Well, if companies are people, and that's what the Supreme Court established way too long ago, <laughs> then institutions are too. Well, if institutions are people, then I suppose institutions, I, I don't buy it for a moment, but I suppose institutions can feel, um, they can't feel. Institutions can be said to feel a collective gratitude. You saved our skins. <laughs> you made it possible for us to do better than some other place down the road. Um, uh, to thank you for providing this. Uh, so I can't argue that that's not some level of gratitude. I just don't think it's uh, the most meaningful kind. Right. And I think based upon our previous discussion, it, it's pretty clear that it's not, especially because this is a big problem in higher education because you know most donors who are donating millions of dollars, they do want something new and shiny with their name on it. But yeah. the problem is if they don't allocate, um, you know, money to some of the more mundane and less glamorous tasks, such as upkeep or maintenance or these sorts of things, then universities have a hard time utilizing them. Beneficence in the, yes, yes, exactly. I, you've said that well. So beneficence is a concern for the welfare of something. So a beneficent act is an act undertaken to um, help someone or something um, do better. And so in that way, there is a gratitudinal kind of thing set up. I think that, that, then we cross into altruism. The argument, can you be ever be completely purely altruistic and and even if you have a little glimmer of a good feeling about doing something that would violate being purely altruistic you gain something from it you gained a good feeling all right so a donor gives two million dollars to a college and <clears throat> or any place and and says but but would you would you put my family name on this because i want us to be remembered um i i get it that people do that but i think that lowers the altruistic nature of it right so let's let's recap right so what we've discovered what we've decided so far is that gratitude cuts across the human experience mm -hmm. even if certain people only tend to experience it from a benefactor's viewpoint yep um there is some conception of it across humanity um although a benefactor is generally involved it's more of a relational concept that can even connect a somebody who's benefiting to a sense of the universe or time or some more metaphysical concepts as opposed to a relationship with an entity with a person yeah it's more of a relationship with an entity or a concept and uh, a grateful feeling um of kind of survival or you know of um of a sense of being yeah um yeah what i mean we've we've covered a lot of, <laughs> we've kind of been all over the place we have been so and i knew that's the way this episode would go you know it seems like gratefulness i mean it seems sort of like a mundane topic but really anything when you start digging into it at, at some of these and you start incorporating all the different arms of philosophical thought what you realize is man this one thing that i i took for granted i'm very grateful that it's um it's it's a bit more complex than you'd think you know mm -hmm. so all right yeah it's been a good talk uh until next time keep popping